determine what part of your journey you are on and how you will approach food, nutrition information for yourself and your family. Yes, vegans can eat intuitively, but a great percentage of vegans and non-vegans are still held hostage by diet culture. Is that you? And are you concerned about it? Is it affecting you? Do you want to address that? You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 172. Welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. I am your host, Dr. Yami, board-certified pediatrician, certified lifestyle medicine physician, certified health and wellness coach, author, speaker, mother, wife, and human being. I passionately believe in the power of diet, habits, and mindset in sparking and sustaining well-being and joy in our lives. This podcast combines expert interviews and thoughtful monologues to explore plant-based nutrition, lifestyle medicine, parenting, mindset, and other exciting and fun topics. I hope that these episodes inspire you, uplift you, and equip you with the knowledge and tools to live your best life. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Welcome back, veggie lovers, to part two of answering the question, can vegans practice intuitive eating? If you haven't listened to episode 171, It's a prerequisite for this episode, and it's almost 50 minutes long, so you may want to go back and listen to episode number 171, which I read the question of one of my newsletter subscribers about whether vegans can practice intuitive eating. My response is yes, absolutely vegans can practice intuitive eating, but intuitive eating is often misunderstood. I explained intuitive eating in the first episode or episode number 171. Many people don't practice intuitive eating secondary to diet culture. I explained that in episode 171. And vegans and omnivores benefit from nutrition knowledge. I explained that in episode one. Now in this episode, I am going to talk about veganism specifically because Episode number 171 can definitely be applied to anybody regardless of their way of eating. And this episode, I'm going to talk more about veganism and some of the ideas and thoughts we have related to veganism, disordered eating, and such. So first, let us define veganism. Actually, before I define veganism, I forgot to say one thing. Sorry to interrupt my own flow and train of thought, but... Veggie Doctor Radio is turning four years old in two days, September the 7th. Yay! So please clap for me, share these episodes, share the podcast. Let's grow this together. Let's help people spread the knowledge, spread education, help people reach the well-being and joy that they desire. So thank you. Thank you so much for being a listener, especially to those of you who have been with me since day one for four years Wow, I appreciate you so much, so thank you. Okay, now back to veganism. What is veganism? Well, the term veganism has been around since 1944, actually, and it comes from the Vegan Society. I think it's Donald Watson was the name of the person who came up with the term, 
This comes from vegansociety.com. Quote, veganism is a philosophy and way of living which seeks to exclude as far as is possible and practicable all forms of exploitation of and cruelty to animals for food, clothing, or any other purpose, and by extension promotes the development and use of animal-free alternatives for the benefit of animals, humans, and the environment. In dietary terms, it denotes the practice of dispensing with all products derived wholly or partly from animals. The reason I wanted to define that is because we use the term vegan and veganism a lot to describe people who are just eating a plant-based diet, but really would not identify or relate to this definition at all. That's important because I think that our motivations for choosing the way that we eat could lead us down different paths, disparate paths, according to our motivations, and could lead us more along the lines of intuitive eating or opposed to intuitive eating, depending on why we choose a certain way of eating, if that makes sense. So when people say I'm vegan for the animals, for the ethics, whatever, they're probably more identifying with this definition. They may not have come to it for health reasons, and that may also be predictive of whether they may have restrained eating behaviors, okay? So that's why I felt it was important to describe veganism. When it comes to veganism in general, there are some myths going around that vegans are more likely to have eating disorders, and that's not the case. I'm going to talk about different studies when it comes to vegans, vegetarians, but there is a study in the Journal of Appetite in 2017, Heis at all. The title of the article is Eating and Health Behaviors in Vegans Compared to Omnivores Dispelling Common Myths. In the abstract, they write, vegans scored significantly lower than omnivores on the eating disorder examination questionnaire, a measure of pathological eating behavior. They also were more likely to consider themselves, quote, healthy and to prepare food at home. Vegans more frequently consume fruits, vegetables, nuts, beans, and grains, and less frequently consume caffeinated sauce. Drinks. Taken together, findings suggest that ultimately vegans do not differ much from omnivores in their eating attitudes and behaviors. And when they do, differences indicate slightly healthier attitudes and behaviors towards food. Similarly, vegans closely resembled omnivores in non-eating related health behaviors. Now, there is a separate thing to consider, and that is orthorexia. So we talked about diet culture Diet culture can lead people to develop disordered eating and restrained eating. Restrained eating is when you are controlling what you're eating. You're spending a lot of time, a lot of mental energy, thinking about what you are and what you aren't going to eat, usually for the purpose of weight control. Ironically, restrained eaters 
actually tend to overeat more because of their restraint. So it's like this seesaw, this yo-yo of I'm going to restrict my eating. I'm going to spend a lot of mental energy restricting my eating, but then I'm falling off and I'm just going to eat everything I see. Then I'm going to restrain my eating. They also tend to get less pleasure from food. So that's an important distinction of what restrained eating. It's not quite disordered eating, but it can be a predictor of disordered eating. And from this journal article that was published in Nutrients in 2020, entitled Restrained Eating and Vegan Vegetarian Omnivore Dietary Intakes by Anna Breitek Matera, there's a quote that I wanted to read to you about what restrained eating is. Quote, cognitive restraint is defined as the mental effort applied to modify eating behaviors in order to maintain a restrictive dietary pattern. In other words, it is the intention to control food intake in order to maintain or lose weight. Previous studies focusing on differences between vegetarians and omnivores have shown inconsistent results. Several studies have suggested higher cognitive restraint scores in vegetarians. Others have found evidence for higher cognitive scores in non-vegetarians, and others have found no differences between the two groups for this construct. So the study that Brightek Matera did in 2020 published in Nutrients in the abstract written, our results indicated that both vegetarian and vegan groups showed a significantly lower cognitive restraint, lower emotional eating, and lower uncontrolled eating than those who followed an omnivorous diet. So that would be in the more positive way. Less restraint, less emotional eating, less uncontrolled eating. So less of this binge restrict, binge restrict cycle. They go on to say in the abstract, feeling positively about healthy eating, predicted cognitive restraint among vegetarians, problems associated with healthy eating, and feeling positively about healthy eating, predicted cognitive restraint among individuals following an omnivorous diet. There is something called orthorexia. It is not yet an official an official name of an eating disorder. So it's not officially spelled out in the diagnostic manual, statistic manual for mental disorders, but it can cause a lot of pain and suffering for people when it becomes you know, so amplified to the point that it's interfering with life. So what is orthorexia? This is from nationaleatingdisorders.org. Quote, the term orthorexia was coined in 1998 and means an obsession with proper or healthful eating. Although being aware of and concerned with the nutritional quality of the food you eat isn't a problem in and of itself, people with orthorexia become so fixated and so-called on so-called healthy eating that they actually damage their own well-being. Like anorexia, orthorexia involves restriction of the amount and variety of foods eaten, making malnutrition likely. That's the end of the quote. So orthorexia, the key distinction between orthorexia and other forms of eating disorders and disordered eating is that orthorexia does not have to be tied to weight at all. The person experiencing orthorexia may not be worried about their weight. They are just concerned about the purity of their eating, or they may even be fearful of eating foods that aren't pure or healthy that might hurt them and damage them. I mean, it's not just normal worries, like maybe I I don't want to consume food dyes. It is going out of your way, not attending social events, not eating if there isn't something completely, quote, clean for them to eat. So it interferes with quality of life social isolation, 
not spending time with people, having to spend hours planning your food. So as you can see, this becomes more of an obsession. Like they say, it is an obsession. It interferes with quality of life. That is orthorexia. And that's different from restrained eating. And both of those things are different from disordered eating and ultimately other eating disorders that are associated with weight. And now for a very important message. Hey, veggie lover, if you are looking for free resources to guide you on your plant-based and healthy living journey, go to dryami.com forward slash free for tons of free downloadable PDFs. Hundreds of people have taken advantage of my tips to help them reduce meat and dairy consumption, navigate eating out, and build satisfying plant-based meals. Download one or download them all. And don't forget to share with friends and family. DrYami.com forward slash free. And now back to the episode. It's important to know these things because depending on why you came to veganism or a plant-based diet or why you're flexitarian or eating less animal products, it can affect how you approach your food and how restrained you are. I couldn't find these studies in time to record this episode and I needed to start recording that showed, you know, I, I told you the, the study that it showed that there were no differences when vegans as far as having these eating disorders. But it can also depend on why you became vegan and whether you even feel restricted or not. For example, I do consider myself vegan. So I also choose not to eat animal products because of the ethical slash compassionate reasons. I don't ever feel deprived if I go to a barbecue and people are eating meat. I don't want, like, I do not feel restrained. I do not feel deprived. I have no, you know, no desire at all to eat those foods. If you cut out meat because you're afraid of it or you think it's going to hurt you, you may have tension around that. When you go to a barbecue, when you go to your family, it may be this back and forth. Should I eat it? Should I not eat it? Is it going to hurt me? Da, 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 da. You know, I don't have that at all when it comes to eating meat. And plus, there's just so many alternatives for me to feel satisfied. So depending on why you chose a certain way, Way to eat, whether it's veganism or whatever you do, if you choose to follow some sort of paleolithic diet or whatever, you may notice that at some point you feel tension and you start thinking about whether I should eat this or not, spending lots of time planning. If it's starting to affect your well-being and your psychological health, that's something to pay attention to. Why you came to this way of eating makes a difference and it's true for veganism as well. So for people that are ethical vegans, vegetarians, for the most part, it does not seem like they have more disordered eating. They are not concerned about weight per se. They didn't come to it for that. Now they may be, but they didn't come to that way of eating for the weight. If you came to veganism, vegetarianism, plant-based nutrition, whatever way you're eating, because you thought that it would help you lose weight, that can become a problem. That can affect what choices you make and ultimately it can interfere with intuitive eating. So that's why I feel that vegans can be intuitive eaters, but a lot of us, whether we're vegan or omnivorous or whatever, are not intuitive eaters. Go back to episode 171 so that you can learn more about intuitive eating and what it is. But I think all of us can move towards it. But the first thing in order to practice intuitive eating, the first requirement, absolute requirement, is you have to stop trying to lose weight. You have to separate the size of your body and weight 
loss with your food choices. That is the first step. Now, your body size may or may not change throughout your journey depending on how you approach food, but if you're focused on weight loss, it takes you away from that mindfulness, from that ability to tune into your body if that is your goal. There's one other study that I wanted to, there's two more actually. One of them is in the journal of eating and weight disorders, studies on anorexia, bulimia, and obesity. This one is entitled orthorexic and restrained eating behavior in vegans, vegetarians, and individuals on a diet. So this included vegetarians and vegans and people that were dieting. The results from the abstract, oh, this was published in 2018 and the authors are Barthels Barthels et al. In the abstract, vegans and vegetarians do not differ in orthorexic eating behavior, but both groups score higher in orthorexic eating behavior than individuals consuming red meat. There are no differences regarding restrained eating. Individuals on a diet with dietary change score higher in both orthorexic and restrained eating than individuals without dietary change and individuals not on a diet. Conclusions, individuals who restrict their eating behavior either predominantly due to ethical reasons or the intention to lose weight display more orthorexic eating behavior than individuals not limiting their food consumption. So that's to say that you do have to be careful. And I put that in there because regardless of your eating pattern, regardless of your way of eating, if you notice that it becomes obsessive, if it starts interfering with your quality of life, if you're suffering, if there's so much tension that you can't concentrate on anything else, pay attention to that. Is that a problem? Do you want to continue to live that way? That's something for you to think about. And now for a very important message. Hey mama, if you are feeling frustrated about mealtime battles, worried that your child isn't eating enough or eating enough vegetables, afraid that your child is going to get some awful deficiency or disease because of the lack of diversity in their diet, I wrote a book that might be for you. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy is available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Did you know that most children are born with the innate ability to eat the appropriate amount of food to satisfy their hunger and support appropriate growth? Despite this, parents are still anxious and confused about how much and what to feed their children. In addition, many children are labeled as picky eaters or develop behaviors such as hiding and sneaking food. There's also a growing epidemic of dieting behaviors and eating disorders beginning at alarmingly young ages. In my book, you'll learn the five pillars of healthy eating, how to apply intuitive eating through all the stages of development, lifestyle habits that support healthy eating and body image, troubleshooting and problem solving for picky eaters, overeating and dieting behaviors, how to create and foster a healthy body image in your children, how exploring your own body image and relationship with food will help raise an intuitive eater, and what foods to offer your child at different stages of development. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy, available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Are you ready for a fresh approach to feeding your child? For more information, visit dryami.com forward slash book. And now back to the episode. 
Here is the final one I wanted to present to you. This is in the Journal of Appetite. This year, January 2021, the authors are Geraldine Durard and Sasha Matthew. The title is Vegetarian and Omnivorous Diets, a Cross-Sectional Study of Motivation, Eating Disorders, and Body Shape Perception. So this did not include vegans. It included vegetarians. But I just wanted to point this out just because I found I found it interesting. Compared to omnivores, vegetarians reported lower current and lifetime BMIs, more motivations related to health and natural content, but less weight control motivations and lower scores on the body dissatisfaction subscales compared to omnivores. They conclude in the abstract, results demonstrated that vegetarians expressed motivation for a healthy and natural diet and were less concerned about controlling their weight than omnivores. Vegetarian women had lower BMIs but expressed fewer psychological concerns associated with eating disorders than omnivorous women. Vegetarian diets appear to be associated with health benefits and less body and weight concerns, particularly among women in the general population. Okay, so for the most part, just because you're vegetarian, just because you're vegan, it seems to me that it does not predict having an eating disorder or restrained eating, but you can have it regardless if you're omnivorous, vegetarian, vegan, whatever. So that's something for you to determine. Are you experiencing that? I wanna take a little segue and talk about how not eating intuitively can harm us. Remember that intuitive eating is not perfection. There is no like check marks that you get like a gold star at the end of the day for eating intuitively or not. It is a way of eating by rejecting diet culture, by honoring yourself, taking in information that you think is going to help you make your food choices and experiencing satisfaction in your eating, okay? So there's no perfection. However, there are things that can happen that are on the other spectrum of this way of eating. Number one, eating disorders, anorexia, bulimia, all of those things can cause physical and psychological harm from both restriction and from the binging part of it. You can be restricted to the point where you are dangerously low in weight. It starts to affect your organs. You can become nutrient deficient. You can cause physical harm to yourself, either through purging methods, over-exercising, those kinds of things. It can hurt you whenever you are trying to do these things to meet this external need for validation. Obviously, eating disorders are very complex. There's more than one reason that they develop and some of them are genetic. So I don't want to try to place blame on anybody for this. I just want to point out that this is the other spectrum of intuitive eating is going to be these eating disorders, disordered eating, affect us physically, psychologically. They can affect us socially, social withdrawal, decreased quality of life. Also in this first category is going to be orthorexia. Like I said before, it is a quality of life life issue. It is a, a way of eating that can really affect you, can really harm you. Compulsive emotional eating, that is when you are starting to use food as a coping mechanism where you have or you feel or you've never learned any better options. This can have physical and psychological consequences as well. And it's not because I'm pointing this out to say that emotional eating, compulsive overeating, these kinds of things are a moral failure because just think about what habits we have. We have like all kinds of habits of humans. Nail biting is a super common habit. I mean, it's so common. It's socially acceptable. Nobody is, you know, telling nail biters that they're less than and, 
you know, they're not worthwhile because they bite their nails when they're nervous or because they have this nervous habit or just a habit. We don't have to put the word nervous in there. It's just a habit. You don't even have to be nervous. So I see food the same way. It's a habit. And probably I say it too, because I have developed that habit. And at points in my life, that habit has been more predominant than others, depending on what's going on in life and whether I have other coping mechanisms or whether I choose to use my other coping mechanisms. Because believe me, if you are a person that has used food to cope, it's effective. It works. Okay. So you keep doing it. Okay. So, but it can harm you. It can harm you. It can cause digestive issues, heartburn, constipation, abdominal pain, and it can also cause what Brooke Castillo calls this buffering. So you're buffering your life. You're using food to try to turn down the dial on the feelings you have, and it may cause you to not address those feelings, and that can harm you in your life as well. That is on the other spectrum of intuitive eating because you're not paying attention to how your body is feeling. You're ignoring those signals, and you're just continuing to eat because it's creating a reward in your body. So it is, in a way, this loop that you've developed, a mind-body loop, but it's, it's not helping you, it's harming you. And the third one, which I think is a separate category, is food addiction, which if you have listened to my episodes on food addiction with some experts, I have three different episodes, which are great. I at one point believed it did exist, and I believe it didn't exist, and now I'm back to realizing that it is just part of the spectrum. It's not black and white. Some people think they're food addicts. Well, they're probably not food addicts. They're probably just eating emotionally or have an emotional eating habit or have an eating habit, an overeating habit. But there really is true food addiction and it's a different thing. It's on the spectrum. And this is when you are trapped in that dopamine loop. You're unable to stop. It can cause physical harm. And this is even just apart from weight. I don't want to focus on weight because this can cause significant distress. Just like you're addicted to anything else that you want to stop, any other drug, any other addictive behavior, same thing. So those are ways that non-intuitively eating, the other spectrum of intuitive eating can harm us and cause problems for us physically, psychologically, social connections, those kinds of things. And I just wanted to point that out because it is a spectrum and most of us are not all the way on that end. Maybe we haven't started to mindfully practice intuitive eating. So we're probably in the middle somewhere, trapped in diet culture, bouncing back and forth, but you know, there, it's a wide spectrum. So here is where I want to end this episode. Can vegans practice intuitive eating? Yes, anybody can practice intuitive eating whether you're vegan or not. But ultimately, intuitive eating is about trusting yourself to care for your body in a way that honors both your physical and mental well-being. It is not a plan or a diet, and it is not about perfection. Like I said, it is not about perfection. There is no right or wrong. There's no gold star. I have some questions that I'm going to offer that you can pose to yourself as you continue on your journey and determine whether this is a path you want to go. Number one, what are my values, my goals, and the life I want to live? This is very important. What are my values, my goals, and the life I want to live right now? Because it can change. Number two, if you are vegan, and I'm assuming a lot of people listening to this maybe identify as vegan, as plant-based. If you identify as vegan, if you eat a plant-based diet, does it align with your values? Or are you secretly or not so secretly using it as a way to control body size? Ooh. 
Think about that. Does your way of eating, veganism, plant-based nutrition, is it aligning with your values? Is it aligning with your goals, the life you wanna live, or are you using it as a weight control method? And I'm not saying it's bad if you are using it as a weight control method, but you need to understand if you are using it as a weight control method and it's causing suffering for you, maybe that is not really aligning with the values and the well-being you wanna have in your life. And like I said in the last episode, not everybody who restrains their eating is suffering. That's just the fact of the world. There are many truths at once. And number three, what is your food, body, and dieting history? And where are you in your journey? Right now, ask yourself, what is true for me, my body, mind, and spirit? And what does food freedom mean to me? You have to make your own definition. Are you feeling trapped by food? Are you feeling trapped by what you think you should do or what's best for somebody else? What is true for you? Your body, your mind, and your spirit. And what does food freedom mean to you? Bottom line, there is no right or wrong. And I'm here to serve you. And I'm assuming that you know that because that's why you're here. I'm going to continue to communicate my knowledge and experience and to synthesize what I have learned in my life to help you and your family, to give you information that could potentially help you bring you more well-being, joy, longevity. Ultimately, you have to decide what your goals are, determine what part of your journey you are on, and how you will approach food, nutrition information for yourself and your family. Yes, vegans can eat intuitively, but a great percentage of vegans and non-vegans are still held hostage by diet culture. Is that you? And are you concerned about it? Is it affecting you? Do you want to address that? Accounts to follow because there are some vegans or plant-based people that are discussing intuitive eating on Instagram at plant forward nutrition at Taylor Wolfram RD at seeds of a soul at the vegan Academy. All of these are together, no underscores or hyphens. And we'll put those in the show notes too. If you want to practice intuitive eating, read the book, Intuitive Eating, a Revolutionary Anti-Diet Approach, fourth edition just came out this year read my book. I would love it if you read my book if you haven't already. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy. It's available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook. Visit ellensatterinstitute.org. Read some of her books if you are a parent and you want to learn how to feed your child. And continue to follow me. I really hope that this was helpful to Lisa and to everybody else that is interested in this topic. I know that I talk a lot, but there's a lot of thoughts I have in my brain and it will continue to evolve. So I can't promise that it's gonna stay the same forever because I am a curious being. I love to learn. I love to try and experiment. So it may change over time, but this is how I feel right now. And remember, there's no right or wrong. You have to choose for yourself. I can't tell you what to do but this is my feeling. Thank you, veggie lovers, for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you for four beautiful, wonderful years. I love you so much, and I hope that you have a very plantastic day. Hey, veggie lover. I hope that you loved today's episode. Will you take a second and do me a huge favor? Please subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss an episode. You're the reason I'm here and I want to share it all with you. Thank you for listening and have a plantastic day.